Hi, my name's Allison. Hi, my name's Kat. This is Ali Kat, and we're bringing you Bam Pop Productions podcast. Yeah. Okay, so what we're talking about today? Woke up to the headline: the food prices have soared up to fourteen point seven percent. I know, I know. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I guess I'm thinking: will the average person in the UK be able to, you know, buy a loaf of bread? It seems pretty basic. It seems pretty basic. And then what I got thinking was after reading an article in the Times... Well, just remember that uh, bread is actually peasant food and you shouldn't really be eating gluten anyway. And you should really be trying to eat a sort of vegan and non-gluten alternative to bread. And that's probably the healthiest thing anyway. Mm-hmm. So organic food? Well, not necessarily, uh, Organic food isn't always uh, that healthy either, but it's a good start. Mm. Vegan, no gluten, uh, no. What else do they? I don't even know what they. You you don't even know what the vegans are all about. Uh, yeah, you're okay. So let's go back to you talking in your real voice. Okay. No. <laughs> your real voice, please. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Sir, sir, your real voice, please, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir, thank it's you. It's not whiny thank you or Karen thank you. It's so legit. No, it wasn't, but I do like your Karen thank you. Thank you, sir. Sir, thank you, sir. Okay, <laughs> right, now we've been sidetracked a bit. Yeah, we're talking about the fact that food prices have gone up. Yeah, now, then the second thing that I got thinking about is, when I was reading an article in Times 2, in aka The Times, is called The Great Divide. Yeah. How the cost of living crisis opened up relationship fault lines. Oh. And there's a picture of a couple on the front, right? They don't look like a couple. They don't even look like a real couple. They look like... They look like models that have been plonked together. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly a male model, Mm. and she could equally be... A lady male model. Um, and she equally could be a model on Instagram or whatever they do now. They don't look um, happy. They, <laughs> well, they look like they're trying to be something they're not and that they've both got their own thoughts I'd in laugh mind. if they were a couple that yeah, they picked for <laughs> the photo well, shoot. Like, they're, they're not a real couple. Um... So, and then there's, like, captions that <laughs> read off him saying... Turns off the heating, won't head out for a meal, cancels the mini breaks. Then with her, still drinking the £18 wine, buys artisan bread, hides the credit card bill. So it's kind of trying to say, well, it's a bit sexist because it's trying to say that the woman, no, no, it's not trying to. It is saying that the woman's the one that's still spending the same amount and not thinking about the cost. And the guy's the one that happens to be, or as they say, tight wad here. But I like to think the economizer. I don't think the article's implying that women do that more. I think they just had to pick one of them to but be. But why a... the woman though? Would you have asked that same question if they'd picked the man to be that one? God, you just turned my sexist point around on me. No, I'm just. It's oh, internalized God. sexism, as the French call it. Or as I've been told by a friend, you go, I suppose that's a good point. <laughs> I love that you know one. I do that. When I know one person from a country, I assume that's what the nation's like. It's like, ah, it's the French. <laughs> Literally met one French person that said it. True, true. 
So um, this whole article is really about the cost of living crisis and how it's affecting couples in particular. Yeah. So, I mean, like, how do you think it would affect couples? Like, are you of the opinion that you think it would draw a family together or a husband and wife or partners together? <laughs> do, do I think it would? Or do you think The cost it would, of living crisis. Yeah. Like, would they band together as a couple or do you think they would both be quite... <laughs> pig-headed and just be like you you know like it has to be my my way i don't know do you not think i don't know like the premise of the article seems to be like oh the the cost of living is driving a wedge between couples it's like well life draws a wedge you know between couples it, like yeah so my point is that if you add the cost of living onto the wedge or the fault lines that there will already be in most relationships yeah then couldn't that add to it um, I mean, us, for example, um, I don't think we're that bad when it comes to kind of the cost of living. Like, I don't think that we, that we're kind I of... I heard a, 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 a thing from, what's Jordan Peterson's daughter called? You know, she does her own <sighs> podcast and stuff now. I can't remember her name. She's got arthritis. Name. She does, she's got a few, yeah, they've been open about that sort of stuff. But, she's had a lot of underlying health conditions since like she was a but kid. But do you know her name? We begins with an M, doesn't it? Michaela. Michaela Peterson, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Um yeah, I've forgotten that. So she it was a point I only saw it on like a YouTube video briefly. I, I don't it it kinda makes sense to me, but it sounds about right, but I don't know how accurate it is. So take it with a pinch of salt. But she's talking about um a few studies done on kind of the best environment for um, I guess bonding and they were looking at different hormones that are released by men and women that encourage kind of bonding and forming kind of group bonds and whatnot including kind of romantic bonds as well but they were kind of she was suggesting in these studies the interpretation of these studies that men will bond more under stressful environments so when there's um a stress added to the situation or a relationship or just in general, men require more bonding in those times, um, which seems to make sense to me. I think that's right. Whereas for women, it's the opposite. Um, when there's stress involved, the hormones that are released actually discourage bonding. So women need... Um, I, this is, once again, on a very broad scale, there's a lot of overlap. and you know, Some men are different, some women are different. But overall... Um, the idea is that women bond with other people better when it's a more relaxed environment, when there's less stress involved, whereas men are actually encouraged to to bond in stressful environments. Um, which I think actually kind of, that, that speaks to me a bit. I think that makes sense. That feels kind of intuitive to, to me. So I wonder if there's like differences between kind of genders here where the more stressful a situation is with cost of living or inflation or anything, like men can bond quite easily in those environments, whereas women maybe need those issues dealt with more thoroughly to, um, to be able to to bond as well. I'm not not too sure. Mm. That's interesting, but I mean that's not definitive. So it's not to say that every man under not to say everyone, and it's not that's to say it's kind right of broad brushstrokes. Either, yeah, because yeah. I mean, well, that's how these studies work. It is on a broad kind of scale, and overall. Yeah. I think, though, that, like, relationships are always bombarded by external stress and couples either find ways to deal with that as they are individuals or they don't. It's like... I, 
I remember hearing like, you know, like during the pandemic, a lot of people broke up and it's like, I get that, but like... Because I don't think that their relationships were particularly solid in the first place. Kind of, yeah. Um... Um, in fact, I think during the lockdown, a lot of people maybe had this idea, oh, I, I live on my own. I don't want to be in my own. Mm. So they maybe then, because of the circumstances... Yeah it made sense to bring in someone, but then because they were in a space together and you don't know the person, yeah. then it ends up. Yeah. And I think probably these relationships were not made to last in the first place. I completely agree. Because I... if like you had a solid relationship, because um, we went through quite a lot of stress during We had stress, time. we had arguments and whatnot. And... and you tolerated an awful lot from me. And so did you. Like, it wasn't e- like neither of us were easy in that time. I mean, it wasn't an easy time, but I mean... I think it's about the strength of the commitment you make to the other person in your life. Like, if you're not really committed to the person or, you know, you need to be more committed to the person than than the level of, you know, stress that's being introduced to the relationship. Otherwise, you know, you'll leave and not deal with it. But I think that for a lot of people, maybe the relationships, they did, they just weren't committed enough to see it through sort of thing. Um like there's always ways through these issues and people find ways and people and you know if you really want to find a way through you will it's um but i don't know i don't i, I don't know like yeah bringing it into this idea of like inflation it's like driving a wedge between couples it's like yeah, i guess but i'd be interested to know how people deal with those things like the people that do get through it, like how they deal with it. Because I think the cost of living doesn't feel to me to be like, for us, it doesn't feel like a massive thing. Like we talk through stuff and if it's stressful, it's fine. But I don't like... But I guess though, I mean... But we never that... take it out on each other. Like it's not like, oh, you spent money on this. Like we never have big fallings out over it. It's like we talk about yeah. it in a way that's like, oh, we can do this. Or we shouldn't do that. Or we should save money here or not there or... It never feels like it's a relationship ending discussion from <laughs> inflation. Like, in fact, we actually have fun with it. We're like, oh, cool, we could save money by doing this. What if we try this one? What if we go buy cheaper food here or if we save money? Like, it's normally quite a fun thing that we do with it. Like, oh, let's be creative and figure our way around it so we can save money. Yeah, and I like how you actually. Um... Like, if I'm vexed about certain things and what they cost, because you know how I can get really anxious about mm. cer- certain things, you do take that on board. Yeah. And we recently, instead of going to Tesco's, mm. went to Lidl's. Mm. And we have started to use the club card now in Tesco's. So in fairness, yeah, I think the club cards have been kind of forced on people. Like, the price difference is massive for club cards versus non. Yeah, like, a lot of products are, like, you know, I mean... Mm. We actually don't really select things based on the club card prices, but even then, like we save about 10-15% per shop just from the club card prices and certain products. But that is well, like we didn't just switch to little because of the like we've used little little in the past. It's just for us where we are, the little we don't drive and the little is further away, like twice the distance to the Tesco's, so it's more convenient. But it might be good for us you know to actually I mean? just maybe kind of split our time between Littles and Tesco's because of the walk. Because it might be healthier. Yeah, I guess. I feel like we're going to have an argument over this in the podcast now. <laughs> After <laughs> we said we said were dealing good. with this really I, well. Well, like... I don't fancy walking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
it's a difficult one because I think, I mean, what I tend to think is that if you've been with someone, whether you're married or whether you're legally married yeah. or you live together, it's like, um, I think if you've been with them for, I would say probably like quite a number of years, like maybe 20, you would probably just stick with them even if you do argue about yeah. the cost of it. Because there are certain things in any relationship that people will argue about, whether it's, it's a hetero relationship or if it's gay relationship. Or anything you else. You know, yeah. the cost of things, the yeah. kids kind of practical stuff people will probably have the occasional odd bust up about and if you had a relationship that didn't have arguments and that to me would be very strange yes i i think maybe then the relationship is kind of dead in the water or it's quite transactional it's like i think there's a few i think if there are no relationships it is yeah either transactional um or very shallow or it's very abusive where one side just gets their way all the time. Mm-hmm. And that'll probably be the man. Because, no, not to be sexist, but if it's transactional, then what I tend to think happens is, is that the woman's married the guy for the money. So he's always been the one that has more power in the relationship. So that's normal. Um, I've seen that. That is normal. Um, but it does happen the other way around as well, where... Um, it's a smaller percentage you're right it definitely skews far towards the men being in that one but actually you get the other one as well where um, in fact I saw a thing recently about this where in this is in America so I think you can imagine a lot of western countries western countries will be similar but you're saying that um, the woman in the relationship being the the main wage earner or like earning more money is like the best predictor of who initiated a divorce so it doesn't tell you whether they will get divorced or not but it does say that if there's a divorce and the woman earns more money than the man like 90 percent of the time the divorce is initiated by the woman if she's earning more because she has more scope in the relationship and more power but that doesn't mean the man can't then turn around and go well I want half of that. They can do that, absolutely. Because if the women do yeah. that, then the men can do that because that's the flip side of equality. Yeah. It's like, well, if it's good enough for the goose, yeah. it's good enough for the gander. But if you have, say, kids or something involved as well, like those settlements can get very complicated and, you know, a lot of compromise can be made. But I think it is an interesting... Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting if, like, women are kind of earning more, that they're far more likely not likely no they're not more likely to seek a divorce but if there is a divorce then they're far more likely to be the ones that have initiated it um so are you saying that broadly speaking apart from the relationship maybe being abusive or people just aren't happy in it that the partner that has more power and a better job is the one that tends to initiate it Yes, not that they'll initiate at a higher they're more rate. more independent and they'll but, be better yeah. off if they're... And they wouldn't be worse off I don't even, if yeah. they're divorced than when they were married. I'm not sure, like, kind of bringing it back to this idea of, like, relationships and cost of living and different kind of problems that couples face. It's like, for me, it comes back to this idea of, like, being committed to the person or to someone else. It's like, you really... What am I trying to say here? It's like, I think a lot of the time, I see this in a lot of areas where 
people think you know the grass is greener on the other side and they actually sacrifice a lot to try and get it they put a lot on the line to try and go somewhere else and do something else and I think a lot of the time what I see is people have like lenses with which they view the world they have ways of seeing the world and it really doesn't matter what field they're in the field will be the same color <laughs> like you know if you're in a muddy pit you know and you see all the green fields around you you know, by the time you get into the green field, it'll feel like a muddy pit as well. Like people, I think people's attitudes to things are far more permanent than the situation they're in. And you see this a lot in relationships where someone thinks they can do better or they want to get away. And then, you know, they end up kind of hitting a sort of wall and like not being able to achieve it. It's like... Because they blame the other person. Yeah, yeah and it's not... In the circumstance, but then when they leave that person and bear in mind that... When but just divorce. to finish that one, sorry, very quick, that one mm. wee point there. If, just to say, if someone is the type of person that will blame other people for how they feel or who they are, they will do that in any relationship. Like, there are cases where, you know, there is genuine abuse there and there are genuine issues where someone needs to get away. But in my experience, the vast majority of the times, like, people find those issues everywhere they go, like in the next relationship as well. Um you know, if someone feels like, oh, if someone like blaming their partner for everything, they'll do that in the next relationship as well. <laughs> like that's the type of person they are. Yeah. So they think they can do better, but then when they leave that person, it's exactly the same because they are the kind same of. person. But then they've kind of maybe they're in self denial, or they lie lie to themselves and they say that it's everyone else's fault, so they're always the victim. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think genuinely changing your attitudes to things is a far better solution than, um, is normally the better solution than kind of, you know, expecting the world to be much better over the next hell kind of thing. Um, I think normally it has to at least very least start with a change in kind of your own attitudes. I see that so much in people. It's... Uh, Yeah, it's just an interesting thing. So um, you're saying it's more people than the actual inflation crisis that would maybe make relationships harder or be the straw that... It's a, yeah, I, think it's a, I think it's a genuine issue and it will be the straw for some people, just that little thing that pushes them. But at the same time, I think, you know, by any objective measure, we're still living in the best of all possible times. And I think that... You know, even compared to when we were, you know, we we're in our 30s, like the economy has more than doubled, like the size of the economy in the UK has more than doubled in the time we've been alive. You know, even if like, you know, I think currently inflation is outpacing um, wages by about five to 10 percent. So it's a five to 10 percent reduction in your, you know, what you have based on last year. But you know, even with that, it's like, it's still some of the best times we've ever lived through. <laughs> it's, you know, we grew up in economies that were far smaller when there was far less stuff available for us. Um, I, I just think it's maybe more of an attitude thing. And yeah, if you have to tighten your belt every now and again, it's probably not like the number of people that are genuinely pushed into poverty is smaller. You know, there are people there and they need protection, but it's a smaller number. Um, I think for the vast majority of people it can be about making choices and you know 
you're still better off than you were 15 years ago. <laughs> it's like... Well, well, I would definitely say the British are probably much better off than they were 50 years ago. I mean, before they had the National Health Service. Well, I said 15. <laughs> 15 years I ago. I know right? you said oh, yeah, 15. Yeah. You said 1-5, but yeah. I'm saying that's definitely true. But even if you go for, but if you yeah. go more back... For sure, yeah. Then, you know... Yeah. I mean, before the National Health Service, I think probably people didn't... Yeah, really live past and even the age then, of 60. people complain so much. I mean, about... that was probably old then. If you died when yeah. you were that that age, and people complain a lot about the NHS and kind of the quality and what it provides, but even compared to say two generations ago, like the level of care is just so much higher. Like the quality of outcomes are so much better, and it's it, if people are still complaining, it's like it's probably an attitude that not to say that we can't make real changes and things should be better, but. Um, I just, I don't know, it's such a weird article that, where it's like, oh, it's dividing couples. It's like, well, you know, it's probably an issue. Well, I think it is a fault line, as the article says, and it probably is reasons for a lot of arguments, though. I mean, the cost of things definitely is, right? And particularly in this current climate, where the inflation is really high. Like, it's not just a, like, I mean, it's increased a bit. Yeah. Like, you're talking 14.7% rise in the cost of food. But wages have food. gone up in that time. You know, they've also gone up about, so, and well, there are, are nurses there are other costs, strike, there are other costs as well. Mm. So, I think wages have gone up maybe, I don't know, an average of maybe 5 or 6%. So, they're not catching it. And inflation isn't quite at 14%. Um, That's food inflation. But when yeah, you look at all... It is 14.7% yeah. for food, which is what I said. And I said food. You did, you did. But if you look at the overall cost, energy costs are also starting to come down again. Um, overall, I think inflation's running um, somewhere between kind of 10 and... Just over 10%, I think, is where inflation's at at the moment. Um, so okay. realistically, people's wages, depending on how much they earn and what deal they got, you know, in their, their last pay rise, people will typically be about 5 to 10% worse off um, based on that. Probably about, most people will be worse off about 5%, you know, because wages have increased somewhat as well. Um I'm not I'm not convinced that the issue is with inflation and not with the couples or with people. It's like it's mm, not I mean I think it's probably a bit of both. Yeah. No, I, I genuinely think that's true. Cuz if the world yeah. was all fine and dandy yeah. or if the world was better than what it is at the minute, which is magical thinking and I'm not thinking like that, but it's a hypothetical, then there probably would be more content more contentment in relationships. See, I'm not right? sure about that. I actually think that once you're used to growth, you need growth constantly to get that same feeling of contentment. I think once things start to stagnate, people get upset with that. And it's like... So, I, as I said, like, you know... Yeah, okay, so we're down 5% on incomes over the last, you know, two, three years. And it's like... Fine, but if you just rewind 10 years, most people would be very happy with that growth in income over that time. Like, um, we're living in a magical world even compared to 10 years ago with everything we can have. And like, um, yeah, I'd, I'd actually, I really just think that that's my view on it. It's like, you know, the level of wealth per person in this country is higher than it was, so much higher than it was, say, 10 years ago, that you kind of just have to shrug and go, well, you know, 
two years of decline is probably worth it for the you know impressive growth we've had since then it's like and if there's a problem or something's causing you stress find a solution to it like there's always solutions it's like you can always save a bit of money on food and stuff and you can always make a choice between and actually i think one of the reasons that maybe we're not affected as much as maybe others even though we're on relatively low wages it's like we're certainly not raking it in are we no but i mean it's like we don't you know we have a very sweet deal with our housing at the moment so that helps but i mean it's like it has come at the cost yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but just to say like we don't even before like that like we don't smoke we don't drink you know we don't well, poop. we don't really go out. We don't. This is the thing. <laughs> like, when's the like, last time you and me have never, like, gone out, gone out? But what I mean is, like, Sorry. we need, like, people can make choices and things, and they can choose to spend money in different areas, and it's like, for the, for the people, do you remember we were talking about this with abortion, where it was, like, the number of people, when it came to, like, the Roe v. Wade decision in the Supreme Court, it was, like, the number of women that genuinely will be unable to have an abortion now who would have been able to before is actually going to be quite a small number whereas i think it's the same thing here like yes there'll be people that are pushed into poverty with this but the number of people that have no option but to starve and go hungry is going to be quite small like those people most of the people in that situation today were in that situation before it's probably not access to money is the issue. It's probably not the issue here. Well, if we're talking about poverty... Yeah. I'm not an economist, so... the va- sorry, to, to, sorry, very quick. Just to round that point off. My point is that for the vast majority of people, the issue of inflation on the relationship, on their income, on their finances is a solvable problem that they just need to work out. Okay, we can save money here, we can save money there, we can cut that out, we can put money here instead. It's solvable for most people. I think the number of people that are pushed into poverty that were not there before is probably relatively small. That's my only point. Yeah, I mean, they are saying in the news articles that, you know, winter's coming up, people won't have the... won't necessarily have the luxury, Mm. quote-unquote... Of eating or heating. Yeah. That they'll have to make the choice. They're talking about blackouts. Mm. Um, you know, this is all very worrying and quite distressing for a lot of people. But just what you're saying about that people that will probably suffer that they were suffering prior, yeah. Because I think there are certain people in the UK that the term is the working poor. Yeah. So they have jobs, but mm-hmm. they're low wages yeah. and the benefits help to push them a bit above it. It does, yeah. yeah. In times of austerity, that might be cut. Mm-hmm. But there's also issues with drug addiction and alcohol addiction. Exactly, and those aren't solved by money. Because you can't live off a pound a day in the UK. No. So every time that... And I've been approached by many people on the street asking for a pound that pound actually will not get them very far. That's the thing. So they've probably been asking for for a pound from a lot of people because you can't live off a pound a day in the UK. Right. Like in some countries, they say they live off a pound a day, but those are countries that are desperately poor. Yeah. And the thing is, though... And you get a pound worth of stuff, like your home is yeah, a shack. But Normally they're warmer countries. Yeah, okay. but in the UK, that's not a possibility. Yeah. You, you couldn't... Nothing would just cost a pound nowadays. 
not not even like a bus ticket from point A to to a very short mm. point B. So poverty is quite definitive in the context of when the World Bank says certain people are living off a pound a day. That's that's definitive. Yeah. But a more nuanced way of looking at it is that it's also relative because. Yeah. Depending on the country that you're in. That's kind of my point, yeah. Because, to be fair though, the British maybe have quite a sweet deal in terms of the benefits of the country as in terms of money that's given to them through the state. Um, but that's of, my point as well. It's, it is relative. Like I think a lot of this idea of contentment is relative to where you've been. Like Very quickly, your standards readjust to where you are at the current time and you no longer compare it to how things were a generation ago or... 10 years ago or even a few years ago like you compare it to where it is at the moment and it's like that's how our reward systems work in our brain like they they readjust to the current situation we're in and if it's very good then and it is very good at the moment by any objective standard the current situation in the west is incredibly good but you readjust to that and that becomes normal and then if there's a slight decrease it feels very bad but as I said, if you could offer the current standard of living to anyone in the UK twenty years ago, you know they they'd be chomping at the bit for it. Like it's because it's relative. Yeah, exactly. Because think about how yeah. people were living in the medical sense prior to the national health ser- service exactly. becoming yeah. a thing. Yeah, people had to pay for care. Yeah. So if you didn't have the money, then it was like, oh well, I people... guess you need to get well on your own, or you don't. Norm Macdonald, the comedian, had a tweet about this a few years I really liked. Um, he said, you know, the problem is, even if you increase the minimum wage, it'll still be the minimum wage. You know, if the minimum wage went up to, say, £15 an hour in the UK, you'd very quickly get used to £15 an hour and it would be, you know, seen as not good enough. Like, there's no level that people are just happy at. And it's like... I definitely think the world can be fairer and better. Um, there are real injustices that are horrendous that we should fight against. But I do think for most people, it's uh, an attitude to the world they find themselves in. I think that's probably true of couples as well. You're either the types of couples that will see a problem and have developed enough tools within your relationship to deal with it and to work through those issues, or you're the type that will just, you know collapse under a certain level of pressure i i sort of been together for like a year or two and you're dealing with something like this then ah, yeah okay, and your fine. marriage isn't going well yeah or like your relationship isn't going well you, already you've never had to deal with something but i mean like we've known each other it's been a tested, long time it's being tested yeah. because it's all fine and dandy to say that you love one another in good times it's very easy but yeah. then when the bad times yeah. come along it's like well are you yeah. gonna pull together or are you gonna go yeah. split yeah. Which I think actually is very... But I think that's true of us. Like, that's, you know, we, we, you know, dealt with different levels of stress throughout our relationship. And, you know, we've developed techniques to deal with it. And I think, you know, the more it gets thrown at us, we kind of know each other quite well and, like, where to go with it. But I just find the idea that, I don't know, you would blame... I find it just such a weird idea that you would blame inflation on your relationship problem. Right? Like you can't do anything about inflation, so why not just focus on the bit that you can change, which is how you're dealing with your partner. Like, see, that's a really healthy way to look at it, but I don't think a lot of people think like that. It's so yeah, people they get like so maybe bitter, just like, see the problem. Boris Johnson has ruined the economy, and people it's don't even like talk about him now. Yeah. Fucking bojo, useless. 
trust equally is useless. Yeah. Actually, I didn't think it was possible, but she was more useless than Mr. Johnson was. Yeah, I know. Well, that's was over half an hour. Well, it seems that you ran away with the time probably because you were mouthing off in your own opinions rather than listening to mine. I listened to what you said. Oh, look, how our relationship is under cracks already. Do you know what? If you're going to be like that... And we've only been together for 14 years. Do you know what? Actually, if oh. you're going to be like that, that that's it. I'm, I'm taking the cat and I'm leaving. To go live with your mum in a house that hasn't been... <laughs> Yeah, I'll stay in this mansion on my own. Okay. Do you know what? I I stepped out the front door and I realised the world wasn't quite as warm and inviting as I thought. Plus it's I'd be, I'd be yeah. very grateful if you'd take me back. Well, I guess you have to reassess our relationship. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the thing. You, you must become my slave and do my bidding. People pull ultimatums. They often have to negotiate from a position. Like a weaker... <laughs> but if you need to go back, then... You're suddenly in a weaker position. <laughs> oh, well. Let's call it there. We can have our argument off. Let's call it quits, man. <laughs> okay. Pod. Bye from Cat. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Bampot Productions Podcast. Check us out at Bampot Pod on Twitter. At Bampot Pod. At Bampot Pod. Very good. I'll Leave do that. Leave us tweets, positive ones. Tweepies. Or objective ones, but never ones tweepies. that are scathing or acidic. <laughs> Send us tweepies. Sweepies. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>